Welcome back to the Birth Class Podcast. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so happy that you are here. I hope that you go binge some episodes and you learn a lot about birth. And you guys know this is not your typical childbirth education. So you learn a lot about undisturbed birth, unmedicated birth, and how to have a more powerful hospital birth. I have Louie here as usual. Um, Today, what I want to talk about is the top three mistakes with the typical birth plan. And this is actually just a little piece of a free masterclass that I did recently called Better Birth Planning. And you know what? I might, this, this masterclass might be released back into the world at some point, but until then, we are going to talk about the three biggest mistakes. Ellie, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> All right, so the top three mistakes. Number one, finding the perfect birth plan template. Number two, never taking the birth plan out of the bag like keeping it to yourself. And number three, no advocate voice to back up your birth plan. So we're gonna dive into each of those a little bit more. So let's start with number one, finding the perfect birth plan template. And you guys, I've been there. I've been the expecting mom, like I need to write my birth plan. And I'm like searching, searching, searching for like the perfect template online. Like, hmm. Let me type into Google unmedicated birth plans. And oh, this one's cool. Oh wait, no, I have to pay for this one. Oh, I like these icons. Do I really want like pictures on my birth plan? It's like, why are there so many options, first of all? But second of all, let's say, okay, we finally found one after spending all that time searching for the perfect template. And oh, I found the perfect unmedicated birth plan template. And then you check off all the right boxes. Boom, print it done. That's the biggest mistake. We just wasted all this time looking for the perfect template and we didn't do any research. So the biggest, the biggest mistake is not having a strong why behind every box you just checked on that birth plan. So like if you found that perfect template and you're just like filling it out the way that it looks, or maybe it's already like a pre-filled out one and you're not even like checking boxes creating the, even if you created the perfect unmedicated birth plan, if you don't understand it, it is not a strong birth plan. Knowledge is power. And if you don't know your options, you don't have it. Yes, Eloise. Correct. and even if you wrote like the perfect birth plan and the option is laid out right there in front of you, but you, you, you didn't do any research. You don't really know what the alternatives are. So like, for example, the cervical check at admission. So maybe you said no cervical checks, but now your provider is telling you, well, to be admitted, you have to have a cer- cervical check. So you don't have a strong why. You don't know the reasoning. You don't know the alternatives behind what you put on your birth plan. And when you're not educated on your birth plan, you're more likely to be like flexible and to be like, oh, okay, well, I know I put that on my birth plan, no cervical checks, but I guess we can do it now because you're saying I have to. And I know you've been told to be flexible with your birth plan. This is like everyone says, oh, you, it's my birth preferences. Oh, I need to be flexible. Birth, birth is so unpredictable. This was started by someone trying to control your birth. 
And then it's perpetuated by moms whose birth plans go out the window because they're coerced and they're manipulated and providers aren't respecting their wishes and they don't actually know their options. So they agree to whatever the hospital is saying, well, we have to do this. This is what you're allowed to do. And so they tell other moms, my birth plan went out the window, so don't even write one. And now we have a bunch of moms walking into the hospital model of care, just following along with that model of care and ending up with cesareans and ending up with birth trauma that they didn't want. Okay. This is different. If you, if you are high risk and you're choosing some certain interventions because of preexisting conditions or something's going on with your pre that's not who I'm talking to. Okay. I'm talking about the low risk mom that wants the unmedicated undisturbed birth in the hospital and they don't get it because the hospital model is not set up for them. Ooh, I get fired up about that. So where do you start with the research? So you know you have to write a birth plan. You know you need to research. I have a checklist for you. Um, it is my DIY intervention checklist and it's going to guide you through all the things you really need to know and you need to know the risks, you need to know the benefits, you need to know the alternatives, you need to know your options because if you don't know your options, you don't have any. So you can grab my, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Louie. I'm gonna have to put her on the podcast cover because she's like always here with me. Um, you can grab this checklist, it's totally free. Um, there's a little, a couple of like workbook pages to help you like organize your research as well. Go to lizzieboliger.com slash DIY checklist. And I mean, you can even pause that, go download it, check it out. Um, use that to get a strong why behind your birth plan so you can have a strong birth plan. Okay, mistake number two is never taking the birth plan out of the bag, keeping your birth plan to yourself. And I don't know, I've done this too. I don't know why we do this. You like, you created a, a plan, but like you haven't showed it to anybody. And I think this comes a lot, like, uh, it's also fear of it, like going out the window. It's kind of like, this happens in the, the business world too. Like when moms start businesses, we like, we don't tell anyone cause we're afraid we're going to fail. And so if we just didn't tell anyone, then we didn't fail. And I think that's the same thing with our birth plan. Like we don't want to show it to anybody because, well, what if it goes out the window? Uh, like, I don't want to be disappointed sis, you're still going to be disappointed because you want, you want the birth you want. Like that's okay to want a certain birth. And, and yes, sometimes emergencies come up. Uh, sometimes things do go out the window, but a lot of times things go out the window because the hospital model is trying to control your birth and is causing additional risks that wouldn't have happened if we just left things undisturbed. Okay. So don't be afraid to show your birth plan. <laughs> don't be afraid to show your birth plan to people. Bottom line is I don't want you to being afraid of being that patient. You have every right to be an active participant in, in, in your birth and choosing what's right for you. Like it sounds silly, right? It sounds silly to say, well, you should just go into birth and do whatever someone else says. That sounds stupid, right? So let's not do that. Um, so 
do take out your birth plan at a prenatal appointment and go over it with your provider. This is a great time to like get a feel for how much pushback you might get um, because your provider, you know, already delivers at the hospital that you're delivering at and is going to know um, is and is going to tell you, well, that's not really, you know, our policy is this or, or what have you. And in that moment, you can choose to um, go further and ask for alternatives, ask for risks and benefits, like really question um, and get your provider like right then and there to decide that, you know, whatever course of action is the best course of action. And I've even had moms do that and then get in writing. So let's say provider agrees. You're right. We don't need a cervical check to be, to admit you. This is my favorite example to use. Um, so you get it in writing from your doctor, uh, have them sign it. And then you show that to, it's not going to be your doctor admitting you when you go into the hospital. So bringing that with you, um, because it usually sadly has more strength with the, um, you know, whoever's admitting you, the L and D nurses will follow what the doctor says and will sometimes not do what you want. This is another episode for another day, but <laughs> do go over at an appointment, a prenatal appointment. And, and you can also choose to just go over it and not push at that point, you know, use your best judgment. Um, you can wait to push for the things you want once you get to the hospital. Like, uh, and it depends on what it is we're talking about, like which intervention, which preference we're talking about. Um, because you can always just say, okay, 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 with your provider, rolling your eyes, whatever. And then when you get to the hospital, really put your foot down and say, I do not consent to this, whatever it is. Um, the other person that needs to see your birth plan, remember, we're not just keeping it to ourselves, is your partner. Get your partner on board. Your partner needs to know what's on your birth plan and the why behind it. They are going to be just as much as an advocate for your birth as you, especially because when we're in labor, our logical thinking gets turned off and it's even difficult to, it's difficult to answer questions. It's difficult to form sentences. Your partner needs to know, needs to know what's up. We are done with clueless birth partners, like having no clue what's going to happen, going in, trying their best to support you, but like being totally clueless. That's not fair. That's not fair to you. You wouldn't walk into birth completely like not knowing what to expect. You're reading birth books. You're listening to the birth class podcast. You're taking a childbirth education course. Your partner, this is their birth just as much as it's your birth. And they should be educated as well. It's only fair to them. It's only going to be a better experience for them and for you if they are prepared. So get your partner on board with your birth plan. And then the last thing is like, just don't leave it in your hospital bag. Take it out when you get to the hospital. Have your partner be in charge of that. Have your partner call the hospital before you leave, like before you leave to go into the hospital and say, hey, we're in labor. We're going to come in and get checked and see what's going on. Hopefully you're like very obviously in labor, like you're in transition. Um, have them call and say, our birth plan is to be undisturbed and unmedicated. We'd love if, if you know, the, nur the nurse that you have that's well-versed in physiological birth, we'd love to have that nurse on our service. Um, so you can kind of give them a heads up that you're going to be coming in with a birth plan and you want a physiological birth. You want physiological, unmedicated, supported in your birth. Okay, the third mistake. 
having no advocate voice to back up your birth plan. Okay, this is going to be another episode for another day. I'll, t- I'll give you some tips for um, how to advocate, how to be a better advocate for your birth plan. Uh, it's a lot of information. So what you need to know is that a birth plan without a voice is the same as no plan at all. I mean, the example of being too shy or too timid, too intimidated to bring out your birth plan, you might as well have not even typed it up. You might as well have not have done the research. And I mean, even I even think it's worse to do the research to know, especially what's evidence-based, to know that something is evidence-based or not evidence-based, that you are declining, let's say, um, oh my gosh, my brain's not working. In my head, I'm seeing EFM, electronic fetal monitoring. There it is. There's the words. Um, is not evidence-based for better outcomes. And you want to decline it. You know it's not evidence-based, but you're too timid. You have no advocate voice. You're not advocating for it. It's almost worse being that educated and then still being told what to do. So you went through the trouble of writing a birth plan, researching the birth plan. Ask for what you want. It is within your Right. So having an advocate voice behind your birth plan. And if you need help with the advocacy side of things, if you need help, the perfect little mini course that I have to go along with writing your birth plan. Bless you, Elvis. I don't know. I think the speed, this microphone picks up everything. Um, The perfect mini course that I have to go along with your birth plan. Of course, if you need to get educated on everything, get inside of Unmedicated Academy. Um, I'm going to be doing a flash open to my VIP moms in November. So make sure you're on my email list so that you can, you can get into that flash opening. Um, and if you just need the help with the advocacy part, my mini course, um, it's actually a workshop. It's called the Informed Intervention Workshop. I go over all the interventions, the risks, the benefits, the alternatives, what the research says, what is supportive of physiological birth and not as supportive of physiological birth, how your hospital provider might um, react or um, might be coercive or might push hospital policy and how you can respond in a variety of ways, like in a um, more respectful way where we're just opening up the conversation and in a more um, foot down, I do not consent type of way. So if you, if you need that advocacy help, go to lizzieballiger.com slash IIW for informed intervention workshop. And I walk you through everything. Um, and if you want to DIY it, remember I talked about earlier in the episode, my DIY checklist. So don't forget to snag that as well. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something from this episode, please share with an expecting mom, especially an expecting mom that wants that low intervention birth, is going to be birthing in the hospital, maybe wants to go unmedicated because how we take back control of our birth is by asking for what we want. And we can't ask for what we want if we don't know that we have options. So please share. If you share on Instagram, tag me at Fierce Lizzie so I can come and say hi. And thank you for spending some time with me today. I'll see you next time.